Welcome to the Emergency Goalies. Uh, this week, we only have our normal crew, me and Michael. Uh, we enjoyed having Katie on, though, and uh, I talked to her a little bit, and she might be willing to come on from time to time. So she might come back on for an episode here or there. So that will be nice, but you're stuck with the two of us now. So You may also be hearing from my dog a little bit tonight. He's been uh, pretty uh, excitable, so... Well, that would actually, be unusual either, though. So yeah, he has a lot to be excited about because if he's a Blackhawks fan, <laughs> that's right. Um, so it was a good week for the Blackhawks. Uh, started out yeah. against the um, I've got to remember back to the start of the week, the Buffalo Sabers in Buffalo mm-hmm. on a Friday night. Um, the Blackhawks fell off to a very good start. Uh, they took a three nothing lead in this game. Uh, Kane and Debrinket were among the goal scorers. And uh, Kajula scored. Uh, he's been pretty good so far. Um, so the Blackhawks took a 3-0 lead. Uh, Sabres made it 3-1. to Then the Blackhawks went up 4-1. to And then in the third period, it got a little tense. Uh, the Sabres scored two goals in a row to get it to 4-3. to But as we've seen a little bit more lately, the Blackhawks went on a kind of a scoring burst in the third period. They scored... Um, three unanswered goals after the lead was cut to four, three, and uh, they won the game seven to three. Um, Cam Ward was the goalie. He did pretty good in the game, but I mean, he let a few goals in, but a solid performance. Uh, Then the next night, the Blackhawks went to Minnesota to take on the wild. And um, in this one, the wild jumped off to an early lead, uh, one, nothing, but uh, the Blackhawks bounced back again, scoring two goals in the second period to go up, uh, Two to one. Uh, the Wild came back and scored to tie the game in the third period, and then the Blackhawks' power play, which has been just red hot, uh, came through again. Jonathan Tape scored, and that gave the Blackhawks a three to two lead. But the Wild were not going away. They scored with about three minutes left in the game uh, to tie it at three, and uh, we went to overtime. Well, the Blackhawks went to overtime. Uh, and Eric Gustafson, on another power play, four on three, scored the game-winning goal to give the Blackhawks a four-to-three win. And then uh, Tuesday, last night, as we're recording this, on a Wednesday, the Blackhawks went to Edmonton. Uh, again, they jumped out to a very early lead. Gustafson scored again on a power play, again, sensing a theme in this uh, series of games. Um but the uh, Blackhawks had penalty problems of their own. They committed, what was it, four penalties in about three minutes to end the first period. Um, then the Oilers took advantage of those uh, power plays. They scored two power play goals, including a five-on-three goal to get a two-to-one lead. The Blackhawks gave them another five-on-three immediately after, but the Oilers did not cash in on it. And uh, the score stayed 2-1 to one until the third period. And then the Blackhawks just exploded. And it was a very um, unusual guy that got the avalanche of goals going. John Hayden with an assist from Marcus Kruger. So a fourth-line goal tied to score two. And then the Blackhawks went on to score four more goals in the third period. Um, trying to get the scoring. Uh, Kane scored. Kajula scored. 
Um, Cahoon scored. I'm trying to think who the other goal Strong. was. That's right. Strom with a, a very nice shot through a screen. Mm-hmm. That's the one that gave the Blackhawks a 3-2 to two lead. And um, they uh, went on to win that game by a score of 6-2. to two. So that's a six out of six possible points for the Blackhawks in this uh, weekend. I, I mean, I don't. I think this is pretty easy to say that this is by far the best the Blackhawks have looked this year. Uh, would you disagree with that? No, no. I mean, you're, they're riding a five-game winning streak. Um, obviously, the longest uh, winning streak under uh, the Jeremy Colleton era. And, uh, you know, we're seeing offensive explosions out of the team. Uh, I mean, the, the winning streak started back in Washington a couple of weeks back before the All-Star break, and they scored eight goals in that game. And they've scored at least three in all five games. Um, and not only did they have the eight-goal game, but they had the seven-goal game in Buffalo and then a six-goal game in Edmonton against Edmonton. So... Yeah, I mean, you touched on the the power play. Um, you know, we, we've discussed it a few times, but it is just it's really come to life, and it may be the best power play in the league at this point. I mean, obviously, the overall season numbers are are still not. Uh, you know, they're not sitting at the top, but I mean, over the last month and a half or so of the season. Uh, I don't. I, I don't. I'm not sure that there's a team that can make a case for having a better power play. Yeah, and, I did uh, a little uh, research too because, well, I got burned pretty bad last week. I, I guess I should uh, apologize for that right now. As you probably noticed, the Blackhawk Wild game indoors. <laughs> oh yeah, I, uh, that's true. I googled uh, the Blackhawks Wild because I didn't understand why it was on NBC. And you uh-huh. know, you should look when there's a February outdoor game. You should check the date and make sure it's not 2017 because that's what happened. And I got burned by it. So there you go. Well, Hey, I I guess I understand why I hadn't heard that it was going to be an outdoor game. (laughs) So yes, everyone who listened uh, my apologies. And as you know, Uh, mentioned before, our research is not very good on this podcast. So that's right. But anyway, off the cuff. Yep. Yes. But I did research this and the black X power play is now ranked 11th in the NHL overall for the year. So that is pretty impressive turnaround from being 31st, like what, two months ago? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it was, yeah, it's just a a night and day difference. And um, I mean, Gustafson is filling that role um, as the point guy in the power play exceedingly well. Um, the, the movement, uh, of all the players, it, it's so much less static than it used to be. They've got the right guys out there in the right, in the right combination. And right now all of them are, they're playing extremely well. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's certainly been a big boon to the offense, but it, it, at least in their last in their five game winning streak here, it it hasn't solely been just the power play that's been accounting for all of it. Yeah, sure, it's been chipping in a goal or two in each of the games, pretty much. Uh, but you know, when you're scoring eight goals, seven goals, six goals in a game, 
you're not going to do that without some improved five on five play. And uh, we have been seeing that. Um, I, I wasn't able to catch the entirety of all three of the games this past week, but from what I saw, um, they are controlling uh, more of the time five on five than they have for the majority of the season. Um, they're still, there's still the occasional defensive zone breakdown, uh, but they are breaking up more plays um, as teams enter the offensive zone. And even when teams do manage to get the blue line, they are um, breaking up plays quicker and not allowing teams to, you know, establish long possession cycles in their own end. Uh, the breakouts are, are, are still a work in progress. I think that's, uh, you know, something that they're really going to need to still improve upon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just as a whole, um, you know, the, the, they're playing they're, the system. The, the guys are getting more comfortable with Colleton's system and – at least offensively, they're playing with a great deal more confidence than they have. And yeah, uh, you know, they're still kind of a, a two, two and a half line team at this point. Um, I mean, we've talked about them only having probably eight or nine decent forwards, but at least at this point, you know, those, those eight or nine guys are really being able to carry the offense. I mean, Patrick Kane is obviously playing out of his mind. Um, and that uh, Taves line with Kane and Kajula has, has really gelled over the last uh, group of games here. And then uh, Dylan Strom uh, has been paired with DeBrinket and uh, Cahoon um, of late. And uh, Strom is showing um, enough offensive flair uh, that he isn't, at least at this point, uh, you know, he, he hasn't been completely a uh, byproduct of uh, of Patrick Kane, um, who he, you know, played the majority of the time with his first you know month or so with the team. But he, uh, since he's been separated from Kane, he's continued to play pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, hard to argue that the team, you know, uh, uh, the, you know, the team has uh, crawled back into somewhat of playoff contention. There's still a lot of teams ahead of them, and most of the, the teams have games in hand uh, with the Blackhawks, but they're only a few points out of a playoff spot at this point. So um, I think their playoff odds are still only like 8 or 9% or something, not very good. But... Um, the bottom of the Western Conference has, well, I guess you could say that it has bo- has bottomed out. Um, uh, a bunch of the teams that were that are fighting for the final two playoff spots, those wild card spots, nobody is playing particularly well um, outside of maybe the Blackhawks at this point. Uh, um, most of their competition is struggling, and you know, and then some teams like the Minnesota Wild. I just saw today. Uh, Miko Koivu, uh, Miko Koivu uh, blew out his knee and he's done for the year. So, you know, it's, 
it's still not great odds, but uh, you know, if they can continue to play like they have been, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility when, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, any thought of the playoffs was a ridiculous notion. So, well, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, if you told someone even like a month ago that the Blackhawks would be three points out of the playoffs in February, they would think you were insane. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, I mean, I, I would feel somewhat conflicted if the Blackhawks played well enough to finish ninth in the conference. I don't think that that would do them a whole lot of good um, in the long run. But if they manage to sneak into the playoffs, that would be pretty good. And I mean, yeah, they'd probably get bounced pretty quickly. But hey, you get in, you you have a chance. Yeah, and, and yeah, I'm never going to complain about a playoff season. No, and you know the whole lottery thing anyway. In general, I mean, you can yeah. you can be the worst team and still not win the lottery. So right, right. So yeah, I mean, I would rather them be competing for the playoffs than, you know, competing for the sixth pick in the draft. I I would, you know, if you're going to, if they're going to be bad, fine. You know, there were points at this season where they had the worst record or the second worst record. And at that point it's like, ah, okay. If you're going to be that bad, that's fine. But if you're not going to be that bad, I'd rather, you know, you, you, you're, I'd rather them be playing good. So. Yeah. And you know, no offense to Jack Hughes, but I mean, if it was a Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby, there might be more motivation that not that he's not a good prospect, but yeah, he's, he's not, not a generation. Roster, guy. Yeah. 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 He's not going to change your roster. So, but of course I, the Blackhawks are going to have to like, I'll feel, I feel like they really had a shot if they went on like this five game winning streak became like a 10 game or, you know, one 11, a 12. Then oh, I might yeah, kill yeah. Him, but yeah, I mean we're still we're still at least a good uh yeah, like you said, maybe five game stretch if they it, it, uh, you know, I think we talked about it at the beginning of the season when they had like that seven or eight game losing streak and they had gone from uh being in a playoff position to being you know, at the bottom of the conference I think at the time um you know, we said at that point, the only way that the Blackhawks were going to be able to get back into contention was if they matched that type of losing streak with a, with a winning streak uh, of the same length. And it, you know, we're pretty close to it at this point, but we're still not quite there yet. I mean, if they can extend this to eight, nine games, I think it would put them back in playoff contention. And I think, um, you know, the confidence that it could generate, uh, you know, could, could keep it rolling where they wouldn't just go back to being a sub 500 team after, you know, the streak ended, they might be able to keep up and play, you know, slightly above 500 or even a little bit, you know, even significantly above 500 beyond that. I mean, I wouldn't put it past this group of veterans. I mean, they are obviously, you know, battle tested and, confident in their own abilities so it you know if they can get the you know their game rolling and uh get the team completely bought into Colleton's system and you know i i it could happen i i, I was gonna i was gonna ask you about that too uh 
Now, uh, we could give credit to Drake Kajula, but I don't think we will. Uh, Taves and Kane being put together on a line is working very well. And do you think that was a big factor in this kind of sparking this run of the team right now? Um, I Yes and no. I mean, they were both playing pretty well before they paired them together. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's certainly given them a line that they can kind of count on. Uh, and I, I think the big thing for me is that, uh, like I had said, it, it, it hasn't negatively affected Strom. He's been able to, um, continue to produce on the second line with the Brinkett. Um, and so, you know, we still have scoring spread out and they've even moved Brandon Saad down to the third line and he's, you know, still kind of scoring at a decent pace for a third liner and even Anisimov with him is, has chipped in a little bit. So at least at this point, they they've managed to spread the scoring out through the lineup a little bit better. Um, the fourth line still, you know, I, I guess, you know, Hayden did score, uh, in the last game, but you know, the, the fourth line still really isn't carrying much offensive weight at this point. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Taves and Kane, the last couple of years when they've tried to go to, it hasn't really worked. Uh, but at least at this point, yeah, it's definitely worked and it has given them the team a spark and maybe it was the power play that, uh, kind of helped in that regard because, um, you know, they've been playing on that first power play unit for longer than this, you know, recent stretch of games. So they were, you know, they were clicking before they were paired up five on five. And, um, you know, they've been able to extend that and build upon it. And I mean, you know, Kane, I, what has it been for like the last two months? He's averaging two points a game or something. I mean, he's just playing out of his mind right now. Yeah. You know, we were talking about, um, Kucherov and stuff, he's only five points behind Kucherov for the scoring lead in the league, which is... Right. Kucherov must have gotten ice cold, though. Yeah, I guess I haven't been paying quite as much uh, attention to the pace of other guys, but, yeah, I mean, you know, even a month ago or whatever, Kucherov was outpacing people by quite, you know, quite a lot. Um, So, yeah, I mean... Kane's gotten himself right back into that race as well. Um, you know, so it's not just the, uh, you know, the, the, the team accomplishments. It's, you know, there's also been that individual um, accomplishment with not only Kane, but like, I, I think Gustafson is one of only three defensemen in the NHL with more than 10 goals now at this point. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, I think Taves is almost averaging a point a game as well at this point. So lots of stuff working right now. Yeah, it's one of those things we talked about early in the year, too. When the stars are going, this team can be yeah. very good. And they weren't going for a while, especially during those right. bad times. But right now, I mean, if this can, that's the thing. Can they sustain this? I don't know. But if they right. keep scoring like this, they can, they'll be in any game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, you know, we know Kane can sustain scoring at this point now. Whether he can sustain two points a game is probably not reasonable, but 
I mean, he's been a hundred point guy before he can score at ridiculous rates. And uh, it's been a few years since Taves has, you know, put up the offense that he's showing this year, but scoring is up in the league a little bit. So it, you know, it's not a ridiculous notion to believe that Taves can, you know, get that, that Taves can score on a 70, 75 point pace like he has been. So, yeah. And, you know, the, the defense, nobody's standing out back there. And, you know, like I said, there's still breakdowns. There's still some turnovers, but it's, it's happening less frequently. And if that can continue, if they can, you know, they're not going to be, it's not going to be a stellar group, but if they can just get to competent back there and somewhat reliable, there is still enough offensive firepower on this team to compensate for a average defense. Well, and not to get too analytical for everyone. I know people don't like to do math, but uh, to kind of do simple analytics here, if your offense has the puck more, the defense is going to be exposed less because the other team's going to have the puck less in their zone. So yes. they have yes. the puck more lately. Defense isn't getting as exposed much. Right. Well, and like I touched on, the defense is doing some of that themselves just by being stronger at their own blue line and denying the other team, you know, the chance to set up offensively quite as often as they were earlier in the season, where if the other team got it past the red line, you were almost assured they were going to get it past the blue line as well and into the, the Hawks zone. And then once they got it in there, the Hawks weren't able to take it away from them either. So, you know, we're seeing improvement on that end. And once the defenseman can take the puck away, get it up to the forwards, you know, obviously, you know, that's what's going to lead to a lot more puck possession for you. So that's the other thing I was going to touch on. Um, It seems like Cam Ward is getting more of the playing time now than uh, Colin Delia. Do you like that or... Um, I'm, you know, honestly, he's playing well enough. There's not a huge difference uh, between the two of them at this point. I mean, obviously, Delhi is still playing a little better and his numbers indicate that. But, um, you know, Ward was never the problem earlier in the season. Uh, or I should say was rarely the problem that was, you know, causing them to lose games uh, earlier in the year. It was very much a, a defensive overall defensive breakdowns with the team more so than goaltenders letting in soft goals. And right now, I mean, Ward isn't really giving up soft goals. So he maybe doesn't make the spectacular save as often as Delia does, but he's, he's doing his job well enough. So I, I, you know, it's, it's not a big deal to me what the split is at this point, as long as the team is, is winning games. Now, if the offense or the power play dries up a little bit and we start getting into more two to one games or three to two games, uh, at that point is when you might need to rely on Delia a little bit more. And at that point, it may have, end up being beneficial that Delia isn't getting ridden very hard right now. 
um, just because he's never been a full-time starter throughout his career. This is a new role for him, and it's a new workload. It, well, I should say it would be a new workload for him uh, to, you know, to be the guy in the NHL. You know, I mean, in the AHL, you're playing mostly weekend games, and you get a lot of the weekdays off. That's not the way it happens in the NHL. You know, a starting goaltender in the NHL has got to be ready to play, you know, two-thirds of the games, and it's you know, spread out over the course of the week. There's two games in three days. There's back-to-backs, and um, that's just not something that he's ever had to deal with yet. So I don't mind them easing him into that role. Yeah, uh, well, I will say this is a Blackhawks podcast, but, man, the Oilers. I mean, right now all you want to say is, like, free Connor McDavid. The poor guy. I feel bad for their fans. It's just... Yeah, it's not a pretty picture up there right now. Um, I, I really hope that you know their their search for a new GM uh, yields a, a, a good result for them. Um, it's obviously been a struggle for that franchise for a long time to rebuild it. Uh, you know, not just into you know the cup contenders that they were throughout the '80s, but you know, even, um, you know, just a consistent playoff team they haven't really been able to to do since they fell out of Stanley Cup contention. I mean, whenever they have made the playoffs, it's usually been for one or two season stretches, and then they go back into irrelevance after that. And, um, you know, we thought maybe they had it turned around a couple of years ago when they made the playoffs with McDavid, and uh, they won one round or two rounds. I can't even remember now. They won one for sure, but I don't remember. One, yeah, I, yeah, I know they advanced. I don't remember if they got to the second round or the third round, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the arrow seemed to be pointing up at that point, but it's just come crashing down since then, and they kind of seem like they're right back where they were a couple of years before they got McDavid. So. Yeah, because you see, like, that last night with, like, the crowd streaming out of the stadium and the people throwing yeah. their jerseys towards the rink, like – yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. They're they're in bad shape. They're in bad shape. But they do have the most exciting player. So you know, there's there's always the hope that they can get it turned around quickly. And I hope for their fans' sake that they do. Yep. Uh, but I'm glad they didn't turn it around last night. Let's put that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said in the last podcast, I'm glad that they stuck with their bad GM long enough for the Blackhawks to pull off the the Kajula trade. So, you know, I didn't even look at like the, I should have looked at the box score to see if, um, um, Manning even played in that game. I, I, I didn't hear his name, so I don't think he did. Yeah. I don't think he did either. Uh, I didn't, I didn't catch the majority of the game, but in the parts that I saw, he wasn't out there. So I may be wrong, but no, I'm pretty sure he didn't. Um, Oh, and you'll be glad to know. I finally looked up, uh, Eric Dizay's all-star MVP. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. When was that? Was, it was that right? Was it 99? No, it was 2002. 2002. Okay. Which was the year that the Blackhawks made the playoffs. So ah, that, well, that would make sense because, uh, you know, I think we had mentioned it was usually just a Monty, it seemed like, who got the token Blackhawks, uh, um, you know, all-star invitation. But I suppose in the year that they went to the playoffs, it was more fitting that they would have more than one rep. Surprisingly, 
Amati did not make the All-Star team that year, but another Blackhawk did. Oh, who? Alexei Jamna. Ah, okay. Well, hey. Hey, I don't remember Jamnov making an All-Star team with the Hawks, but I guess it happened. Yep, apparently it was at the famous USA versus the World All-Star Games oh. in honor of the Olympics. Or North America against the world. North America versus the world. Hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't even, I maybe vaguely recall that occurring, but. And of course, yeah. uh, the world team, one of the coaches was the Blackhawks coach, Brent Sutter that year. So. Oh, hmm. Yeah. Not, not a big, uh, all-star historian. I am not. I remember not liking North America against the world. I don't remember any of the details of any of those, but I remember thinking that was kind of dumb. Well, I'm of the opinion that all of the all-star games are dumb. So that's right. Um, <laughs> they're all equally dumb to me, I guess. So yeah, they can't. Every, uh, should they can, we, should, you you want to do a oh, preview now? I was just going to say, you know, do we got anything else we need to cover before we do a preview or no, I think we did everything and, once we get to the all-star stuff, I think it's safe to say we've covered everything. So, Yeah, I mean, we've already touched on the Oilers' uh, current franchise standings, and, uh, you know, we've, we've gone back to the all-star well. So I do think it is probably time for us to move on to the upcoming games for this week. Uh, so as you had mentioned, we are recording on Wednesday. So that means tomorrow night is when the Hawks get back into action. Uh, on, that would be Thursday, and they will be playing uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, not exactly the rivalry that it once was. Although, they do currently hmm. hold the last playoff spot. I was just about to get to that. I was about to say, they, it is not the uh, rivalry that it once was, but yet it is a very important game for the Hawks because the Canucks are the team that they are currently chasing. Um, the Canucks uh, uh, are obviously being uh, propelled by their uh, great young player, Elias Pettersson. And uh, he's uh, leading their team in goals and has been, you know, a really good story for the Canucks. He seems like uh, uh, he could be a potentially fran- a potential franchise player that they can build around and uh, kind of get themselves back into a, the situation that they were you know, in the past decade where they were perennial playoff contenders. Uh, So I, you know, that's going to be a a good game uh, that uh, I don't think Hawks fans will want to miss. If the Hawks are going to get back into the playoffs, it's a, it's a, an important game. Uh, You know, it's obviously, you know, the team that they're chasing and if they can get a regulation win, it would, it would be a a huge boon to them. So uh, definitely pay attention to that game and catch it. If you can, Uh, they will then have uh, a couple of days off uh, to recover after that uh, before they take on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Also at the United center, that game is Sunday afternoon. So it's a two o'clock central start. Uh, the Red Wings are not a good team. Uh, they are more or less chasing the the top pick in the draft. They'll be you know a team 
uh, that'll have uh, pretty good odds in the lottery when all is said and done. Um, and, uh, you know, we're approaching the trade deadline as well. So some of these bad teams that the Hawks might be playing, um, they might be getting worse. Um, whereas the Blackhawks, even if they fall out of contention, their roster is still going to be pretty much be locked up. Uh, you know, if they, if they struggle the next couple of games, um, I could see potentially the Hawks moving a defenseman or two, you know, maybe moving a guy like Marcus Kruger, but none of those things are really going to move the needle much on the Blackhawks season. But, you know, a team like Detroit, if they, you know, move one of their pending free agents, like, uh, Gustav Nyquist or something, it could, uh, you know, it, it, it could make them significantly worse teams and easier victories for the Hawks. So uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. And then, uh, so after the Detroit game, um, they'll have a, you know, a one more day off uh, before traveling to Boston on Tuesday night. It's a six o'clock central game. And uh, the Bruins are playing well. Uh, they are definitely in uh, playoff. Well, not just contention. They, they they they're in pretty good shape to have a playoff spot locked up here pretty soon. Uh, they are a team that's uh, looking around for extra help. They are expected to be one of the um, teams uh, looking to add a little bit more um, forward depth uh, at the trade deadline. I know. Uh, um. Uh, former Hawk first round draft pick, um, Kevin Hayes. I was about to say Jimmy Hayes, but uh, Kevin Hayes has been a a, a frequent uh, target that's been linked to them as the uh, Bruins are a little thin at center. But uh, they are they are a good team, and so that that that's going to be a tough road matchup for the Hawks. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, if the Hawks can come away with a couple, you know, the, the, that's the one thing that's been nice about this uh, recent winning streak for the Hawks is that their past three games of that five-game winning streak have been on the road. And so now they're coming back home. they got a lot of confidence. If they can take that Canucks game and then, you know, beat up on a bad Detroit team, they could be going in back on the road against Boston um, and that's only a one game road trip for them. They just fly in and out of Boston and then they're going to be right back at home the following week for, for three home games. So if the Blackhawks are going to make a run, this seems to be the week or two where we're going to know it, and which is good timing because it's going to come, you know, as the trade deadline comes up, they, they, they should know where they're going to stand here. Um, probably by the end of this upcoming week. Yeah, it's going to be... I think if they don't take two out of three games here, they're probably done. It's kind of like a tipping point, yeah. That if they, yeah, they yeah. kind of falter at this point, then they will probably move the few pieces they can move, they'll move. Yep. And if yeah. they, you know, keep winning, then right. who knows? Maybe they, they do have a tiny bit of cap room, so... They could always add I don't think that they would add even if I, I just I, I don't foresee the Hawks adding at this point. Um, I would tend to agree with you, but yeah, I mean, I think they would be open to it if the right player came along. But I, I don't think that it would be a rental. It would be more of a, you know, a, a quote unquote hockey trade. It would be something like the uh, Schmaltz-Strom trade. 
Yeah, I, I would. That would affect them multiple years. I, I would find it hard to believe that they would trade like a draft pick of any kind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that they're going to be picking up any uh, any rentals at all. So. All right. Well, I guess we were saying the Blackhawks aren't very good, but their games are exciting. Now I guess we could say they're so kind of good. And their games are exciting. Maybe, well, at least maybe not bad anymore. Maybe they're not bad. I'm not going to say that they're good yet. Right. Well, I also should acknowledge at the uh, end of the podcast, yes, the Rams lost. I'm they a little did. bummed about it, but not too surprised because, uh, well, the Patriots seem to be an unstoppable juggernaut. So, I was just more bummed that it was a bad game to watch. Yes. Um, so for all you out there that listen who hate the Patriots, I'd like to apologize that my uh, team did not – give a sufficient effort to beat the Patriots, but uh, we will see next year. Yep. Yeah. We'll see next year when the bears win. Yeah. Well, maybe it'll come down to the bears and Rams and I'll be fighting all of my Twitter follows at once. <laughs> yes. I, I don't know. I'm in, I I think the bears are in pretty good shape. They've only got two free agents of any consequence and they probably end up having enough uh, salary cap room to re-sign both of them if they want. So uh, the the you know as long as the Bears get a little progress from Trubisky next year, I think uh, they're going to be in one heck of a a spot to uh, contend for the Super Bowl. So yep, I'm happy. We'll save that for a separate football podcast. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm sth85 on Twitter and Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. Yep. Of course you can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just search for the emergency goalies. And if you do go on there, rate and review us, let us know you're listening. And um, until next week, uh, that's all we've got. So thank you.